You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 143. Today, I'm sitting down with Enrique Delgadio, and we're talking all about exploring the quantum. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for pushing play on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson. And if this is your first time hanging out with me, welcome. Today, we have a doozy. I'm super pumped to bring to you 5D consciousness and personal evolution mentor to leading global entrepreneurs, Enrique Delgado. He helps perpetual succeeders evolve in areas of their life and that often get neglected while chasing accomplishments. He teaches that through reconnecting one's personal values with business success, it is actually possible to have it all. His topics of expertise include love, self-confidence, health, happiness, abundance, mental reprogramming, and evolution of consciousness. He's been teaching powerful lessons on emotional and financial freedom for over 10 years, during which time he's amassed a following of over 4 million across all of his social platforms. He's a highly revered mentor to English and Spanish speakers alike. He's been featured in major outlets such as Harper's Bazaar, Telemundo, National Geographic, and Cosmopolitan. And in this episode, we talk a lot about what elevating our consciousness is. We talk about how to really tap into that, how to get started, really step into knowing and understanding our intuition and how and why this is essential to our business. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. What's up, Enrique? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you? I'm doing great, Beverly. Thank you for for the invitation. It's great to be here. Oh, I really just cannot wait to get into this episode. It's going to be amazing. So for those of you who have never had the pleasure of learning or working from you, Enrique, I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got there. Awesome. Well, my work is around 5D consciousness and evolution. So basically what that means is I help um, I help individuals understand uh, through their personal evolution how to better serve their clients, how to find what I call their secret sauce, which is what makes them unique uh, in a world full of um, noise, basically. A lot of people who do a lot of things, how, what makes them stand out and how to connect better with their higher selves to better serve other people. Oh, okay. How, how'd you get into this work? I think uh, like a lot of people that are in our field, um, it was just through personal struggle and uh, finding the tools and the guides and the mentors that helped me through those struggles that uh, I developed a passion for helping other people to understand themselves and um, what their life experiences mean in the context of their personal evolution. And so that's where my passion comes from. I love that. Would you mind sharing? Would you dive in a little bit into, you know, your story and what happened and, you know, what, you know, share with us a little bit about your story. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was in my teens, I used to be this really introvert. I, I am an introvert, but I used to be introverted and very shy and very insecure around people. Um, I wouldn't like ever talk to girls. I would um, be really self-conscious and really anxious socially. Like I wouldn't be able to connect with people. And that had effects on, you know, my relationships, my friendships, um, even my work. I was just a really, really insecure person. And I think it comes a point where when you're really, when you have all these blocks and you're very insecure about a lot of things, um, it just starts affecting everything. And it, it comes a point where it's, it just comes crashing down, right? So um, it came a point where I was so codependent, you know, in my relationships. And I started finding out that my relationships were really toxic and um, my friends weren't who I thought they were. And I wasn't doing anything that, I liked, you know, for money and I worked for my dad in the construction business. I did not like it at all. I had so many problems with him because, you know, he loved the business. I didn't. And it was just, it comes a point where you say, what am I doing with my life? Like, where am I? What's this all about? Like, is this how it's going to be? Like, just go, just, uh, you know, just trudge on day after day until you die one day. And, um, I was, you know, borderline, uh, you know, starting to get these suicidal thoughts. I was never actually suicidal, but I started to question myself, like, what am I really doing here? Like, do I really want to continue in this life if it's going to be this way? And it's funny, I believe those are catalysts for awakening. That's the way the universe uh, kind of shakes us and says, you know, wake up. You're here to do more than what you're doing. And so... When that happened, I started looking for answers. I started um, finding a lot of those mentors that helped me through that and started helping me find my confidence and helping me understand that this process wasn't an accident, that that's the way it was meant to be so that I may find these tools and eventually so that I may serve others. So it really came from these personal struggles of insecurity and finding my own path to, to confidence so that I may help others shine. Mm, I love that. That's it's a powerful story. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about, you know, well, two things. Can you carry us through like what were some of the processes that your mentors gave you to help you start unpacking and build, you know, self-confidence and really essentially self-worth, right? Is I think, and we hear it all the time. It's like one of those awesome, like double tap on Instagram, inner peace, love yourself. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, that's like, sort of important, right? I call it the inner game of seven figure CEOs, right? And so I think on a, you know, conscious level, we understand it. I put that in quotes. We don't know it. We don't live by it. We are conditioned to be humble, right? And because we think that if we really step into our power and step into our confident being, oh, that we're somehow too much more than or, or, or too big, or we're, you know, lacking, um, that we're not 
we're not humble, right? So I'm curious a little bit, you know, your thoughts on that, how you came to that and step and how your mentors helped you shift that perspective for yourself. Yeah, it's great that you mentioned that because it's, it's exactly like you say. So um, if you're like me, you follow a lot of uh, personal development accounts or pages on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatnot, and you'll just hear these uh, these same concepts over and over again, like love yourself, believe in yourself, and 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 all that. And it's like, yeah, but how do I do that? Or we believe that self-love is, oh, I love myself. Oh, I love looking at myself in the mirror. Oh, you're so amazing. And it's just so much more than that. Um, self-acceptance, self-love, self-evolution comes from the realization that everything that you're looking to fill your, or to complete your life that's outside of yourself is gonna, you're gonna have to learn to look for it inside of yourself, right? So what the ego structure does is that it looks outside for validation. It looks outside for love. It looks outside for safety. It looks outside for what it believes it needs to feel complete. And so that is one of the most important concepts that I learned from my teachers, my guides, was that anytime that you feel conflict, whether that be, I am not enough, um, I will be happy when I have that, or this or that. Yeah. Um, the world is not enough, or that, uh, you know, I'm comparing myself to others. Um, anytime my soul experiences conflict, it's time to ask myself, what do I believe I need to happen externally so that I may be at peace, so that I may feel complete. And then it's like the world is a mirror. That's, it's acting like a mirror that's giving me clues as to what pieces of the puzzle aren't really in their place because they're always there. We're never missing any piece, but we believe so, our ego believes so. So um, when we kind of start, stop looking outside and start looking inside at what we believe we lack, um, that's a, that's a big turning point in our self-esteem and our self-confidence. So I'd love for you to just, you know, to go deeper in how you work with clients and also how you did this process for yourself, because I think what you're also talking about is I feel like there's different phases or levels of awakening evolution, right? And what I mean by that is that they're the people that are kind of going through life asleep to themselves and they are you know, don't recognize or realize, I call it the I'm fine coma where everyone just thinks that they're fine. Right. And that they are, um, they don't realize how amazing life could truly be right now in this moment. And then you kind of get into phase two, and this is just my own processing, right? So you can please do whatever you share with us, whatever, how you would explain it. But for me, I, I call it almost like the functional chaos where we we're aware now, like we've stepped into the, like, okay. Um, I know that there's more, there's greater, just like you were saying the, like, as soon as I lose those 10 pounds, then as, as soon as I get to a million dollars, then they start to, you know, outside of themselves, external validation. And now they know that's the case, but now how do they make that quantum leap? How do they get to that next level of true, like, this is it? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's so true. It's, it's almost like we're living our lives between I'm fine 
and life sucks, right? I'm fine, <laughs> which means I'm fine, which means you know um, I don't feel bad. You mm -hmm. know, um, I'm not in conflict right now. I'm, I just am. It's, that's I'm fine. And then you know shit happens, and then life sucks. <laughs> And so we're just going through these endless cycles of, you know, oh, sh um, so shit happened. And then I'm just trying to get back to I'm fine. And we never really truly realize how fulfilled we can we can be. So one of the main things that I work with my clients on is their is understanding their karmic and dharmic processes. When we understand, so a lot of people believe that karma is like a type of a, like a, a punishment. Like I said, so if you do bad things and bad things are going to happen to you, if you do good things and you're going to be rewarded like that, we, we believe that's karma. When karma in, in Sanskrit, all it really means is action, right? Karma means action. And what it refers to is uh, the action, the cause and effect, the, our pro life processes. And the way I like to explain it is karma is what you're here to learn are the processes that you have been put here on this earth to experience and to understand about yourself. Um, whereas Dharma is, you could, you could say it's uh, the processes that you've already been through, um, the life lessons that you've already learned and that now you can contribute to others, that now you can teach. That's what the, the ancients uh, teach us, that karma is Basically, what we're here to learn, Dharma is what I've learned, and now I can contribute to, to, to everybody else, right? So when we start to understand each person's process and each person's karma and Dharma and their energies and what their life experiences have meant up until now and what they can expect going forward and what's really going to put them into, in, in the path of alignment, um, alignment of their, their higher selves, alignment of their true calling and purpose, alignment of their, their best service to others, and in, uh, as a consequence, their best wealth and fulfillment, um, a lot of things start to make sense for them. A lot of things start to make sense. Now I understand why I went through that uh, painful divorce. Now I understand why um, I have this calling. Now I understand why I do what I do. And I understand why I feel what I feel and why my, my tendencies or my personality is the way it is. So um, that's one of the main things that, that I help my clients understand. How does one begin to understand what their dharma is and whether or not they are living and fulfilling their dharma their dharmatic purpose i think um in one way or another if you know people who are listening to this already have a successful practice successful business they already serve uh with their passions with their talents they're already in tune with this uh, dharma and this calling um so it's just a, a matter of asking ourselves what is my passion calling me to do? Because there's always a little voice in our head that says, um, I want to try that. Like, I want to help that person. I would love to do this. And it's always like a little message, like a, so we, we say that the passion is like an emotional compass that tells you, you know, where your next lesson is. And so I, maybe I'm, I'm assuming, but people if, if, uh, who are listening to this, if they already do something that they love, they're already serving from a place of, of passion and they love their clients and the people they work with, we could say they already have some of this uh, 
they've already answered kind of this calling. And all we need to do is kind of just express it further, expand it further. So what is my next level? What is my next level of service? What is my next level of not, not just service because we believe it's all about, you know, helping, I wanna help more people. It's, it's really not about the helping more people, the helping more people and getting more wealth and all that will come as a result of you asking yourself, what is in it for me? as in, in my personal evolution. What am I here to learn next? What is my next level of expansion so that I may grow and increase my capacity to serve, uh, increase my capacity to feel, increase my capacity to hold abundance? Um, so that's a big question we can ask ourselves. So what is my next level of learning, of, um, of learning that will lead to greater service? Mm. So I'm curious, it's, it's a powerful statement that you talk about. And I'm curious, you know, for someone like me, if they're living, I, I'll say, and I've shared this on my podcast a lot, but I tend to be someone who does one of two things, right? Where I will say, I will always move the goalpost next level. I'm going to get to that next level. And that at sometimes the expense of recognizing how far I've come. And I know a lot of high performers and high achievers can often do that. So it's this illusion of living in the, I'm never enough. Right. But knowing better. So it's this weird thing. Right. And then in addition to that, or they'll feel like they'll, they'll be like, I'm, you know, it's almost like never. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say that let's, let's start there. I tend yeah, to always have multiple thoughts and then. <laughs> no, but that's, that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, that's an amazing question because um, a lot of high performers that I've been able to work with, it's, it, when they come to me, it, it feels like they're, they're chasing this, uh, uh, the proverbial you know, carrot on a stick and they're always chasing it. They're chasing it. They're chasing it. And they're always like believing that at some point I will get to eat the carrot and then I'll be happy and I'll be fulfilled. And so there's this amazing quote. It's from Winston Churchill. And he said, mm. uh, success isn't final and failure isn't fatal. It's, you know, the, the, the you keep going that counts. It's the courage to keep going that counts. And what does he mean by that? That there's always going to be another summit where you're climbing a mountain and then you, you, you believe that you reached like the top of the mountain, the summit, and then, then you see there's another summit and there's always going to be another summit. And so do we ever actually reach a summit where we say, okay, so I made it, I'm happy now, I'm fulfilled, I have all that I could possibly want. And what I teach my clients is that you will never have, you will never reach the top of the mountain. There will always be another summit. So it's not about the result. It's always about the person who you become by chasing the result. So I like to put this in, in an analogy, like what we see in the movies. The reason why we identify with the, the, the characters in the movie is because we, um, they're like a mirror. So we uh, feel like, like a reflection of our own experiences. And the best movies, it's not just a story of whether the, the main character you know, gets or doesn't get what he wanted or he or she wanted. 
It's about the story of growth, the person that that character became by the end of the movie, whether he got he or she got the thing or not. Like so, a great uh, example of this is the movie Cars, you know, by uh, Disney Pixar. So, like in between, <laughs> I'm a mom. I'm a mom of six, a six-year-old and four-year-old. So let me tell you, I'm always using kid references. And I'm like, just side note, I went to a party with one of my friends, like just a gathering who didn't have kids, and I was like, oh, have you guys seen Olaf Presents? And they're looking at me, and they're like, wrong audience, wrong audience. Anyway, so you were saying. Cars. Yeah, totally. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a dad of uh, <laughs> I have a four-year-old and a five-year-old, so yeah, I love these references. So, Lightning McQueen, right? Um, he wants to win, you know, the, the Piston Cup. He wants to be the champ, and so this, you know, he, uh, he, at some point in the movie, he like uh, his the big truck where he's on, he like falls asleep, and then he ends up like in this middle of nowhere town where he meets all these, you know, the mentor and the friend, it's the typical hero's journey. And then what happens is, I'm assuming that I'm gonna spoil anything for everybody. Well, no, I'm assuming everybody wants cards. Um, but at the end- It's okay, spoiler alert coming. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> so at the end, um, he's racing to win the Piston Cup. And then, you know, just as he's about to win, like one of his friends, has an accident and crashes. And then instead of going like crossing the finish line, he goes back to get his friend and like helps him, like pushes him across the finish line. He didn't win the Piston Cup. So he didn't get what he wanted, but you saw the evolution of the person. You saw what he became. And the reason why we identify so much with these characters in the movie is because our lives are like that. It's never about whether we got or didn't get the thing we wanted. In the end, we do enjoy the result and getting to that top of the mountain or the, one of the tops of the mountains that we're climbing. But I think what we, if we just put our focus more on the process rather than the prize, the person we become rather than whether we got or didn't get or, you know, base our happiness or our fulfillment on whether or not we got what we wanted, um, that's a game changer. That's a big, big game changer. I always, you know, I, I have a, about a background in musical theater. And I used to say all the time, cause it was something that stuck with me. I still say it all the time is that it stuck with me when I heard that advice of you, you have to love the process more than the outcome. Cause you're going to spend the majority of your time in the process yeah. than you are in the outcome. Those, those peaks, those Mount Everest peaks are fleeting. You get yeah. there and then there's going to be another summit. So you have to love the journey going on. You know, it doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and roses, all the time, right? You cannot know the light without the dark, but you have to enjoy the process. I think it's loving every little piece of it. Even you know, just you know, love the highs and, and love the lows. Learn to love the highs, learn to love the lows because each one is just a, it's just a, a different aspect of our being. Neither of them is good or bad or right or wrong. It's just different aspects. And each one is there to teach us something about ourselves. So instead of just feeling like, oh, when something goes wrong, oh, I'm the victim. Or when something goes right, oh, cool, I'm the victor. Um, it's just, what is this teaching me about who I am? What is this teaching me about my process? What is this teaching me about what I believe is lacking? Um, my, pro my personal process of evolution into completion, um, the good and the bad. It's just enjoying it. The funny thing is that when we enjoy our process, 
the odds that we reach our goal just become exponentially higher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's something that you said, I want to circle back to it because you said it pretty quickly. And I, I don't want people to miss how powerful it is, is that you were talking about how your external environment and, and circumstances are a reflection of what you believe. That wasn't your exact quote, but it was an example of if someone came to me and said, well, how do I know where I'm at? I'll say, go look at your environment. Go, what, what are your thoughts? Look at, look at, you know, your environment, right? And so I'm curious for you and for the people that you work with, there comes a point of where you change your thoughts, you change, you know, you kind of wake up out of that I'm fine coma. How do you know, like, when are you going to see your external environment change? Right. So I, I attribute it to this, right? Imagine I go to Amazon and I order something and I'm like, I just know it's coming. I don't like in two days, my Amazon prime is going to knock on the door and I'm like, Oh, there's my, there it is. Right. But it was ordered before it, before I saw it. Right. At what point do you recognize me? It's been a week. Where's my package? Um, well, I can say something that for some might be a little, out there, but I've always found this to be, to be true in my experience is that um, if you are a student of hermetic principles and uh, universal laws like, like I am, you learn to understand that there is a universal law of correspondence, which means that the universe around you is constantly showing, like reflecting back what you're putting out, not what you're doing to others, like uh, that what we believe like it's karma. It's, it's the energy that I am expressing. So when I am expressing lack, all I will experience is lack. When I am expressing abundance, all I will experience is abundance. So the very act of asking, when is it going to come? When is it going to come? When is it going to come? What it basically, what, what it's saying is I am lacking. I don't have it. I don't have it and I need it to be happy. I need it to be in peace. You know, my package hasn't come and so I'm not in peace until it comes. Um, when we understand how the energy and, and laws of vibration work, we must learn to be at peace here in the now and, be, uh, and feel abundant here in the now so that we may begin to experience that outside of ourselves, right? So it's kind of like uh, planting a seed and then you know, digging it up the next day to see if it's see if it's growing yet. It's like <laughs> you have to let the process do its thing, you know. But you have to learn to be okay with not having it. You have to learn to be okay in the now, happy in the now, at peace and fulfilled in the now, so that that may go through its process, the the the, the process of gestation, and so that it may, that it may manifest. Right. Mm -hmm. So as long as we're needing it, we're, we're pushing it away. So now some, one of the things that you said, you talked about ego, right? So now I also talk about ego from a scientific perspective, just knowing that, you know, that's brain-based, right? So you have the energetic and then you also have the brain, meaning that it's part of the lizard brain. And we have these habits and these neural pathways that are embedded into our brain to teach us like, hey, keeping us safe. Like your, your ego brain does not recognize, or your lizard brain does not recognize that, oh, there's, it, it only knows your habits. So how does one start to shift out of 
knowing that they're experiencing lack, like they get this awareness and understand the universal laws, but then they just can't shift. They can't shift out of that lack. How does one begin to create a new neural pathway? It's, it begins with self-observation, really. Um, it, it begins with making the unconscious conscious. And the only way we can really do that is start, start observing ourselves. Like, how do we respond? How do we react in certain uh, situations, particularly when I am in conflict, when I believe something is lacking, when I uh, feel bad about something, when I feel that I am not enough, when I, when I believe that what I have is not enough, that is the moment to go within and start asking myself the important questions. Like, okay, so where is this coming from? Where do I feel it? Why am I feeling this? What do I, what does my unconscious programming believe that is lacking? So that, um, why is my life not complete here in the now? What do I believe is needed so that it may feel more complete? And then just understand how it's been a pattern. Understand our patterns, understand how we are reacting to this, how we're responding to that. And then eventually, you know, a pattern will emerge. A pattern will emerge. And then when it emerges, we can start to understand, oh, okay, see, this is the thing. See, um, I believe that I need this to be happy because uh, whatever, when I was little, uh, you know, my mom told me that I needed to find uh, you know, my soulmate so that I, my life could be complete. And since I haven't found my soulmate, I can't be happy and I'm constantly needing and searching for it. So um, I think it's, it's that basically, it's just starting to, um, doing this conscious work of understanding how I'm reacting, how my lizard brain is reacting, how, how my, my neurochemistry, um, what my neurochemistry is saying about me and how I perceive myself, my self-esteem, what I believe about myself in this situation. Yeah, I'd, I'd also love for you to, you mentioned the universal laws and the laws of vibration and frequency. Can you unpack that a little bit for those of you who've never heard of what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So today, science understands that everything is energy, is vibrating energy. Um, so you can look at an atom, right? So a lot of people believe that atoms are like particles when in reality, atoms are like 99% empty space, right? And it's just this vibrating energy that creates this little field of creation. And when we understand that all that we are, and not just us, like, you know, our environment is made of this vibrating energy. And we, when we take into account that, you know, science doesn't know a whole lot about quantum mechanics and how the whole quantum field works because it doesn't behave in the same way as, you know, Newtonian physics. And the greatest minds in the world have spent their lives trying to create a unified theory of, you know, how does it all work? Why is it that um, at this uh, human scale, it works one way and we, we go down in the quantum uh, the quantum realm, it just works another way, like a weird way. Like um, Albert Einstein, I think, was said, he, he called it like spooky stuff, right? <laughs> they didn't know how it works. So <laughs> when we understand that things like electrons exist in various states at the same time until an observer participates mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. 
what we call the quantum collapse. It collapses into one possibility, right? When we understand how consciousness affects the vibration, how the frequency of that vibration manifests what is being experienced, what is being seen, um, and we understand that everything is vibration, everything is consciousness, and everything it has just has varying degrees of vibration, we can start to understand how is it that we as a collective are manifesting what we are experiencing. So it's really powerful when you start to like unpack that, understand that, and start to use it as a tool for self-evolution and manifestation. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay, great. I love it. So, you know, what, what are the, you, you mentioned the universal laws. What are they? Well, in reality, what they are is it, it's just a, a way of understanding the universe. It's not like they are these seven laws. Um, mm. And we can actually learn from different schools of thought of esoterics and, and mystery schools. Um, some will tell you there are five laws. Some will tell you there are seven laws. In reality, it's just different ways of understanding the same thing. It really is just one law. And the one law is that everything is one. We are all one. We are not separate. You are I, you know, and I is you. It's um, We are all just different versions of the same thing. So it's like, here's a wave, like there's the ocean, right? Here's a wave and there's another wave and it says, hey, so, uh, hey, Beverly, I'm Enrique, I'm, I'm Beverly, good to meet you. And in reality, we, we can, our 3D consciousness um, brains believe, oh, well, Enrique is talking to Beverly. No, it's the ocean talking to itself. And that's what's going on at any given moment. It's the universe interacting with itself. And we are the universe becoming conscious of itself. And looking around and saying, oh my God, this is the universe. You know, so that's basically the, the one law is that we are all one. We are all one. And every other under, law that we create as an understanding for this all is just really um, our human minds trying to grasp it. You know? mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an amazing way to look at it. I hadn't heard of it like that before. That's, that's powerful. Um, so as you were stepping into this work, something else that I think is important to know or share rather is that, you know, the true masters, people who've like really worked at this, like if you look at Buddha, you can look at yeah. Jesus, you can look at the true masters of this work. You know, they, they become masters when they say, I know nothing right? Because every time you uh, start to uncover the layers right now for high performance, high performers, I know this because you are like me, is that we want to arrive. We're like, oh yeah, I got it. We're here. I figured it out, right? We want to arrive. Yeah. And there is no arriving. There's just peeling back. It's like an onion. You just peel back, peel back, peel back. And so exactly. for higher performers, high achievers, this is very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I just, man, we all go through that, right? It's like, what do you mean I'm never going to arrive? You know, I'm yeah. a high achiever. I should arrive, right? It's yes, like, no. yeah. So it's this this paradox, this intersection between knowing that being okay with knowing that there's always more to unpack, but also knowing that you're enough. How do you live in that world? How do you consciously continue to shift out of, oh, 
there's more, there's more, there's more and really let go and really release. I'm not enough. I love that. I love it. And the answer is, uh, for me, in my perspective, the answer is in one word and that word is gratitude. One word is gratitude. Why? Because gratitude puts our brain into seeing what is and appreciating what is. And the universal laws also teach us that the more we appreciate something, the more it will expand in our experience. The less we appreciate it, the more it will start to fade and disappear, right? So when I'm grateful, I kind of force my brain to see what is, to see what, what is there that I appreciate. Instead of focusing on what's not there and being disappointed, I focus on what is there and how abundant I am and how blessed I am and how alive I am and etc. So, and a lot of people also believe that, you know, gratitude is kind of a, a way of conforming. Well, being thankful for where you already are means that you're conforming. It means that you don't want anything more. Well, that's actually not what esoteric schools teach us. Um, what they teach us is that the soul is always asking, what, what more can I become? What more can I experience? What more can I create? What other perspectives can I gain in this experience, right? So that's never gonna stop. It's always gonna be, what more can I create? What more can I experience? What more can I give? What more can I receive? Um, but what gratitude does is it makes that expressing and that desire come from a place of abundance where I don't need to experience, I just prefer to experience. Because like we said earlier, when you're expressing, um, I want this because I need it because I don't have it, you're just gonna push it away. But when you can say, I am grateful for all that I am and all that I have, and I am okay with this now, with this version of now, I am okay with what surrounds me now. I am okay with what I am now. And yes, I want to express more. Yes, I want to give more, be more, serve more, have more. But I am also perfectly okay where I am and grateful. What that does is it, it creates a powerful uh, means of manifestation where we are creative beings, but we are creating from a place of pure expression and intention, not from a place of lack and need. Yeah, and I also want to add to to this conversation, especially if you're newer to this kind of, you know, ideology and ways of being is that when we're stepping into that type of gratitude and that appreciate that sense of appreciation, I think that a lot of people will also use that to, for a lack of a better word, and I'm using this intentionally, but almost gaslight themselves. Like they'll want to push it down. Like feelings are signals, right? So if they feel bad, they're like, oh, I'm going to manifest lack or I'm feeling lack. I'm going to manifest like, let me get into gratitude. I need to be <laughs> grateful that I have water. Yeah. I need to be grateful that I blah, blah, blah right? So it's not to invalidate your experience. It's really important that you validate how you feel, process it, and then shift your perspective because we don't want to gaslight yourselves. Yeah. Um, teacher of mine calls that a spiritual gymnastics. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm vibrating so low today. I got to gotta raise my vibration. And oh, I'm, I'm my inner uh, dialogue, my inner voice is so negative today. I got to bring the vibration up. Like, no, you got to 
love what is and listen to what is and give attention to what is and start loving that. It's not because otherwise you just create more rejection. Oh, I shouldn't be thinking this. Oh, I shouldn't be feeling that. That's just a form of rejection. It's a form of non-acceptance. And when you don't accept what is, you're just creating more of what you don't want, right? You're just creating more of what you don't accept, um, more experience of non-accepting. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm also curious how you, and you mentioned this and you mentioned this as part of the, you know, part of the ego is how you, you know, when you're, when you're living in this comparison, right, you're living into this feeling of, you know, comparing yourself all the time to someone else and, and that that is an expression of lack or, or scarcity and not living in abundance. So how would you help someone shift out of that and feelings of why me? There's somebody else already talking about this. Why can't do that? Yeah, that, that, that is so important, um, especially in today's world where we, you know, we grab our phones, we go on Instagram and we just see like, oh, everybody's doing so much better than I am. And everybody just has so much more a better content or so a, a better love life or a better car or a better whatever. And we're this constant comparison. And all that really does, as you say, is just make us feel not enough. So when we understand that the place where we are, the exact frequency and vibration that we are, that, that, that is being expressed through our existence is exactly what needed to be experienced. It is exactly the unique perspective that you are here to have. And there is no such thing as more than or less than. There is no such thing as better than or worse than, but everybody, every single soul is having the experience that it is here to have. And that better than or worse than only comes from the ego that judges, that says, no, 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 I'd rather be there and not here. Um, that is where all these feelings of less than and not enough come from. So how do we start to transcend this experience of not enough is understanding that, like we said, the experience that you are having now is exactly what you signed up for. It is exactly what you signed up for. It is, no, I was supposed to have something else. I was supposed to live someone else's life, but look at me, I'm living this. No, it is learning to fully embody this experience. Understand it from my the karmic and dharmic perspectives, what I am here to learn and what I can give. And the more you do that, the more acceptance you give to your current circumstance and start to appreciate all that you are, more will be shown to you, more abundance will be shown to you. And all the things that you dream of and all the things that you believe that others have and you don't, they will, become, they will come into your experience, but because you accept all that you already are. As long as you keep rejecting all that you already are because you believe that every, somebody else is more than, all that's gonna happen because of the universal laws of vibration and correspondence is again, like we said, you're gonna have more experiences of always finding that other person that has that one thing more or that better this or better that. I have two questions, two final questions, cause I wanna be respectful of your client, of your time. But the first is, can someone change it? And what I mean by change it is, uh, can they change their, you know, their dharma? Can they change their, you know, and, and will they want to? Well, I don't, 
think it's a matter of wanting or not wanting. I think change is just the only constant in the universe. You know, everything, the only thing I can guarantee, nobody can guarantee you any type of success. Like this is gonna happen or this is not gonna happen. All we can guarantee is that things will change, right? So change is gonna happen anyway. So would you like that change to be in favor of learning through love and acceptance or learning, because you're still gonna learn, learning through pain and suffering? Because we can do both and it's always, both are available to us at any given moment. We can learn through pain and suffering or we can learn through love and acceptance. So change is going to happen, whether you want it or not. Actually, the resistance to change is what creates a lot of the suffering that we go through. We don't want people to die. We don't want um, to lose money. We don't want, you know, we don't want things to change. We want things to change in our favor, what we, what we believe is in our favor. We never really know what is in our favor. But we, when we are lacking in sometimes confidence or self-esteem, we just don't want things to change because we don't want to lose things, right? But things will change. Things will change and you never really lose anything because nothing is really yours. No person is really yours, right? Um, so change will happen. Question is, how are you gonna face that change? And knowing that when you make the unconscious conscious and you start uh, to work on this, this personal evolution process, consciously, things will change for the better quote unquote, the better, right? What we believe is the better, the things that we want, the experiences, the pleasant experiences what we want to have. So it's always a choice. We're going to change. It's just you choose how you're gonna face that change. Okay, final question. We talked a lot about feelings and emotions and I'm curious your opinion on what those are and what the differences are. Sorry? Um, between the word feeling and oh, okay. emotion? Oh yeah, it's a great question. So in my perspective and what I've come to understand is that feelings are kind of um, what you have like in the moment. These, um, it might be a little more superficial, we might say. Um, Whereas emotions run a little bit deeper in the sense that, well, I believe actually that emotions come from the soul. I believe that feelings come from, you know, your nervous system and they're like reactive. Whereas emotions are actually messages from your soul that tell you whether you are uh, shifting, changing, because we're always changing, whether you are shifting in alignment or in disalignment, whether you are shifting with the energy of the universe or God's will, if you want, if you will, um, or against it, right? So that's basically, that's probably the best answer that, that I can give that's you. That's powerful. Right and I'm just curious, how can you feel the difference? Like, how does one know, like, you know, feelings are essentially, I, I, I took, I interpreted that as feelings are signals from your, of thought, whether it's good thought or, you know, brain-based and your emotions are the essence of the soul. How do you know the difference? Well, I think feelings are more of a, a knee-jerk reaction to, as you say, to thoughts, right? So I'll think this or I'll think that, and then my feeling will change. 
Whereas emotions are these things that we feel also, but they are more like they're, they, they are, it, 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 it doesn't like shift as, as quickly. It's just kind of there, you know? And it's when we learn to do this work well, consciously, yeah. So almost like the difference between frantic, like frantic, urgent, panicked energy, whether it's like super high, high vibe or low vibe, right? If you want to talk spiritual gen, um, gymnastics or, you know, like inner knowing. Yeah, um, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the way, that's the best way that, that I've learned to interpret it. It's mm, good. Okay. Enrique, I want to be very mindful of your time. So thank you so much for pouring in into my community today. For those of you who want to go deeper, really dive into your work, where are the best places I can send them? Um, you can follow me on social media. A lot of the work I do is, is in Spanish, most of it actually, but you can follow me on Instagram as Kike Delgadillo. That's K-I-K-E Delgadillo, double L. Um, you can find me as Enrique Delgadillo on YouTube or, or Facebook. Okay, I love it. And uh, where are you from originally? I'm from Mexico City, Mexico. Okay, okay, love it, amazing. All right, I'll make sure that I um, link all of that up and we'll be sure to send them your way. Awesome, and thank you for the invitation. It's, it's great uh, chatting with you today. Thank you. I loved it, thank you. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.